Welcome to the Sports the Show. I'm DJ Pat Nasty, and I'm here with Tiny and Dr. Jim. And we also have with us, as always, Malcolm Marset. Always good to have you with Hello, us, Malcolm. Malcolm. Hey, good to see you. So we have uh, two major topics on tap today, and then we're going to get into a couple of things that are a bit more off topic later on in the show. Uh, it, just to go ahead and give a heads up, it is our uh, late friend Scott Frank's birthday today. He was a longtime God. listener of the show. You know, we miss him greatly, but we're going to uh, go more in depth into that uh, later and have kind of a sports take on it as well. Uh, but for now, we're going to start off in the world of the NBA as the NBA looks to still return by the end of July as they have uh, set up for. They're still going for the bubble city in Orlando. There has been uh, some disagreement from the Players Association and Players Union about uh, the bubble issue in terms of the players actually staying in Orlando in indefinitely uh, being restricted from family members, so on and so forth. And uh, you've also had the preliminary level of testing for the bubble scenario in the NBA going on. Uh, 302, 302 players were tested in the NBA and 16 of them tested positive. So it's a lower percentage, but still having positive tests in the group is a bit unnerving due to the exponential growth factor of virus COVID-19. Uh, the NBA is also uh, instituting high-tech rings to help detect uh, COVID. <laughs> let's let's stop for blue one Roscoe? second. Yeah, uh, Can you put Roscoe in Bubble City, please. Yeah, that was Roscoe. Sorry, that was Roscoe. <laughs> All right, I'll go in, back into NBA high-tech rings. That was pretty funny. That was pretty good. Um, all right. Uh, five, four, three, two. And the NBA is uh, instituting the use of some high tech rings to help detect COVID-19 amongst the players, which is, you know, I feel a bit pseudoscientific. We'll see if it does really work. And if it works, hopefully they can get them mass produced for the U.S. populace. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, as for the season, I want to start with you, Tiny. We've been talking about the NBA for weeks now. And how they are, to all of us, the most prepared, it seems, for restarting a season. Whether it's successful or not, you know, I've been very vocal that I don't think any sports league is going to last into the fall just because of the exponential growth of the virus amongst uh, just the general population. Um, do you think that these uh, signs of the NBA having a low test positive? positive percentage in the initial testing and the objections from the players union, do you think it's going to work out and we're going to have a season on July 31st? I think that they are really, really adamant about starting the season. So mm -hmm. I think to answer that last question just up front, yes, I do think that they will have a season. 
Um, but so to backtrack a little bit, uh, 16 out of 302 is essentially a 5% positive rate, which mm-hmm. is kind of low if you think about just like the idea of percentages. Um, so that seems safe enough as long as they keep make sure they keep those guys that did test positive way out uh, outside of Bubble City. Um, Bubble City also kind of sounds like a shitty level of like Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Yeah. But uh, sounds Bubble like after the end. Like, Industrial I'm, playing, level. I'm playing Kirby right now. So you're Kirby. Okay, cool. You look like Kirby in a weird way. But, uh, so, so, so we'll see how that goes too. Like I think I think uh, the season will go on, and I think maybe more the more interesting part uh, might be the social aspect of like how are these players gonna deal with um, mm-hmm. living in this bubble because they have never done this. Uh, they're used to you know having their own rooms and you know traveling and kind of getting on the plane after the game and all these different things so the social aspect is almost more interesting uh in a way and now we're gonna see how that develops uh but uh you know we already talked about who we think's gonna i think the teams that we think are gonna get to the championship are still the same in this conversation but as far as what we're talking about the social aspect is Mm -hmm. almost more interesting as far as how they're gonna react not seeing their family are they gonna try to escape and do some kind of nightlife thing um so that being said i'll throw it to uh to mal Malcolm, how do you see these players reacting to this this bubble city and knowing that 5% of the people tested do have it and they are being separated, but do you think they feel safe? How do you think they're going to react in this like completely new environment? I think they are dwindling. At, at the beginning, I feel the same as like them. I was like, okay, they got it. You know, things are under wraps. Everyday numbers are coming out. Like today, Arizona hit a, a new high at uh, 3,858. And that was a single day. And um, it's just, it's almost impossible for you to keep a cap on this thing. Now, everybody's going to get it, but um, it's going to affect people differently. I think it's it's smart to at least take every precaution but um you know it's almost like a you have a sentence if you're going there you're gonna get it like i don't think there's no way you can go there and unless you have the uni antibodies or anything like that but uh somebody's gonna get into the facility and then it's going to spread. I think they'll be able to accomplish some sort of whole season though. Somehow, some way, I think this is going to work. With MLB, I'm a little bit um, more optimistic. There's less contact, like, on the body. But, um, yeah. And it's outdoors. I, the NBA is going to be indoors. Curious. What was it? The NBA is going to be indoors. The MLB is going to be outdoors. That's also a thing to take into consideration. With Way more physical. You know, Absolutely. they're, they're going to be on the bench right by each other. You're going to have to socially distance the bench. You have just the fact that you can the, get COVID. Handshakes at the free throw line. Yeah. They're like, used to just doing that. That's just like automatic. You know, hey, okay, shake your hand. <laughs> It's just going to translate like that. So just certain things are going to be awkward um, at certain mm-hmm. phases. But um, I think it's going to have pretty smooth sailing. And I think also MLB might have an optimistic outlook as well because I'm seeing what Korean leagues are doing. They're still pushing strong. 
So mm-hmm. I think that sport has um, a more legitimate chance of being safer than the NBA. Well, we'll definitely but get I think more. NBA's resources are much more uh, efficient than anybody else's. Well, we'll definitely get into the MLB in a, in a little while, but you know they also have with the NBA they have to have I believe two negative tests uh, within 24 days of arriving. So mm-hmm. or no, excuse me. They have to uh, once teams arrive in Orlando in early July, players and staff will have to self-isolate until they return two negative tests in 24 hours or more apart. Uh, mm-hmm. So they're going to use these tests to make sure at the start that everyone's safe. And then they also have uh, protocols in place that if staff, players or other participants leave outside of the bubble, they could face fines and potential uh, banishment from the tournament. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you have a lot of varying factors going into it. And Jim, I want to get to you. Do you think that the risk really for the players is worth the financial gain and reward on the level, even though we're not going to see all the teams in the NBA playing now? Do you think Mm -hmm. that there's really enough financial worth for players to risk COVID and some of these players to give up their uh, overall activism as they wanted, but we also have a change on that, which Tiny will talk about in a minute with uh, potential jersey changes. But do you think that right now the players have enough incentive to come back? I think that the younger players on the lower end of payrolls certainly do, mm-hmm. um, which you know, again, and we've spelled this out a number of times on this podcast, uh, sort of um, is an indictment of the American capitalist system. Oh, yeah. Are you willing to risk your health or your pay? Um, It's a deep, um, deep deep-rooted problem. It really is. And it's it's firmly, you know, just a very giant wedge, Mm -hmm. uh, both within society, but also within one's own personal decision-making. But that I think, um, especially within Florida, you know, where Florida has been topping 9,000 cases a day for a few days. Oh, yeah. That, you they know, had over 18,000 this weekend. Yeah. So, like, even since the last time that, you know, we've recorded uh, this podcast, there has been a significant change mm-hmm. in the, the nature of uh, COVID infections in Florida. And Orlando being such as it is, especially with, you know, when we say support staff, we're not talking about about like, you know, uh, trainers and uh, equipment managers for the NBA. What we're also talking about are immigrant laborers at hotels who uh, are doing the laundry, who are cleaning out hotel rooms. You know, there is actually a fairly permeable wall around Mm -hmm. this, what they want to call a bubble city so that, um, you know, at least they're giving themselves, you know, a month to see like kind of how this bubble city is going to to transpire and kind of like whatever Jim Carrey movie that we're living in but i really i'm 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 really skeptical i don't think that uh this is actually going to go through or if it does it's only going to last maybe four days and then bam it's all shut down again well also do you think that this could potentially just be a pr nightmare not for the just the nba but any sports league that comes back if you have an athlete die and Mm -hmm. this is a you know the business of sports in america for the most part is 
is paid for on the back of African-American labor. And, you know, there are black athletes throughout all three of these major sports we cover continuously here. I mean, college football is a whole we can do a whole show on that and the potential, you know, you know, potential devastation that we could have there for just, you know, child endangerment for crying out loud. But uh, Mm -hmm. in the NBA, if you have somebody fall out and die from this or have to get inundated with, you know, a ventilator, it's going to be such a huge blow for that league, I feel like, where people are going to say that you're not caring for your players' physical health, that you're going to have to have some level of the NF of the NBA Players Association really signing off on every single bit of this to kind of have the security where you're saying the players are willfully going into this. But I don't think you're going to get that. USA Today reported that if the NBA were to cancel this entire season, that the league, and I'm putting that in quotes right now, would stand to lose $500 million. So when you read the league in a headline like that, what you need to read is the owners. Exactly. Not the players. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's the owners. And so it's kind of this like misconstrued sort of like storytelling is that the people on the ground, the actual workers and the laborers uh, for this particular, you know, corporate entity, they are the ones on the front lines. They're the ones that are literally bumping shoulders into one another and risking their own health for pay. Uh, And so for me, that's just, that comes down to a major labor issue. And that I think, I feel like, especially people like LeBron, uh, these major, you know, uh, stars, Mm -hmm. they should be voicing, I think, a little bit more in the direction of player safety. Uh, And we, you know, talked about this two or three shows ago where, you know, that there seems to be this kind of divide among major players who want to rush this back and play over Mm -hmm. and against major other players, Kyrie, weirdly among them, yes. who want to kind of like, you know, take a slower kind of step at this and like wait this thing out. And I think that waiting this thing out is the safest play for everybody involved. I definitely agree with you 100% there. Uh, Tiny, you were telling us earlier in the show when we talked about it a little bit about the players uh, being able to change up their jerseys in this season in forms of protest and activism. And this is a first we've seen really in any league outside of, I think, kind of the MLS in terms of uh, supporting players and their right to protest. Uh, how did uh, how do you feel about it, A, and what are they uh, starting to allow the players to do? Yeah, I read, a, I read about this uh, today, actually. Um, so essentially, it hasn't been approved yet, but if it doesn't get approved, I'm going to be pretty upset. But uh, Chris Paul, um, the leader of the NBA Players Association, mm-hmm. has motioned to um, get a, let's call it like a rule approved where players can, instead of their actual last name, write whatever they want there. AKA, you could say Black Lives Matter, you could say Floyd, you could say Taylor, you can say whatever you want, you can change champion for um, advertising for a charity to be donated to. And I think this needs to be passed and I think it will be passed amongst everyone in the bubble city. 
But yeah, like, so aside from the whole Corona thing, this is another thing going on in the NBA where, yeah, Chris Ball is like really on his game as far as like making sure everyone has a voice and he has been very adamant about it. And, you know, I've always liked Chris Ball as a player. He's traveled between a few different teams and might go down as one of those great players that doesn't have a ring, but I don't give a shit at this point. Like he is, he's, he's really fun to watch and he is a really good players union leader. Mm -hmm. And I love this movement going forward. Uh, It's still in the works as far as logistics go, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be passed by, as we say a lot, the the most progressive professional league that uh, we're watching right now. So definitely. Yeah. Chris um, Paul rocks. Yeah. So like, Whoever wants to comment on it next, I'll, I'll throw it to Pat. Like, um, yeah, this this kind of just happened today. How do you feel about it? Yeah, no, I'm very excited for it because we've seen so much pushback in the past from various leagues about player demonstration through uh, changing their uniform. I mean, you know, this is such a far cry from when Michael Jordan just had to fight to wear black shoes in the NBA in the 80s. You know, this is what I'm seeing the NBA do is giving more power to the players. But you still need, you know, the unanimous backing of the players and the outspoken, like we talked about with NASCAR, where you speak out against racism. And we see that a lot with various, uh, you know, executives and people in the NBA. But, you know, they're moving forward, I think, in the right direction where a lot of leagues are still lagging behind. Uh, But, you know, just just like in the NFL where players get fined for cleats and stuff, you know, that's always really kind of annoyed me that you would find someone for saying just something in their own expressive way uh, on television. It's their only moment to be able to express themselves in front of, you know, a national audience. And I think in the NBA in particular, they finally realized that, you know, their viewership and, you know, like Jim talked about, unfortunately, capitalism has a lot to play in things, but their viewership isn't scared of black people. And, you know, well, I think more money when they embrace it. Yes, exactly, Malcolm. Exactly. That's really what it did. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, so there is a little you can kind of feel the callous, disingenuous feeling behind some levels of corporate leadership. You know, I'm sure not every all owners in the league are super pro black but you know for the ability for the players union to get this win if it does pass and hopefully it will pass it'll be a big moment for the players in that league and i think for a lot of the fans but again i think this has to do a lot with the progressive audience in the nba because in the nfl you know we just had a war over kaepernick kneeling and you know what we're five years out from that i think it was five Five years ago about Mm -hmm. when it started and it just got where people were like oh now we see he wasn't discriminating against the flag flag. you know that's just stupid shit but again back to my point the NBA I think the fan base is progressive enough where it can work I think the players union have enough pull with this uh, with the uh, commissioner and Adam Silver because a lot of commissioners in the past from David Stern on down have you know typically had 
had a lot more favor with the owners in terms of player expression. And hopefully we'll see this trend continue. Uh, Malcolm, how do you feel about uh, the potential for NBA players to have self-expression on their jersey and other parts of their uniform? You know, I like to, it's a, I like the cross-pollinization of what uh, the players want and what the NBA can provide. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be great economically because I don't know one uh, black person who would have one of their favorite players with their charity on the back who wouldn't want to buy that jersey or support that cause because mm-hmm. it's not only their favorite player, but also going to something that they can uh, truly get behind. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's a perfect business strategy and business model by the NBA to do this. Um, especially under the circumstances, it's, it must be immensely stressful to try to like get everybody together, get everybody on board and, and make sure that this goes without a hitch. And it makes me believe that the NBA is going to go on more successful. I mean, once I saw the contracts coming out, or excuse me, the schedules of like the Lakers Clippers schedule, then I was like, okay, this is for real. Mm-hmm. You know, once this schedule comes out, everybody is alright, it's time regardless. You if it's going to fail, somebody must be kind of victorious at the end of this. <laughs> and why not donate to a bunch of uh, causes along the way? You know, it, it kind of sweetens the deal a little bit. You know, it was kind of difficult to put everything together, but we're, we're, we're doing everything we can to, to donate to the causes while we have a chance. No, 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 so I, I like it. Yeah, I, I, it. I think it's a definitely a, a really good move, and it's kind of a breath of fresh air from what we normally see. Jim, I want to know what you're going to write, though. Yeah. If we're going to write something serious or maybe even something funny that relates to a cause or is, is there something that's going to be sarcastic subtly undermining the powers that be i want to know I, I just want to know how creative they're going to get on the jerseys you know mm-hmm. it'll definitely be really there's interesting a room, there's a lot of room there oh yeah jim did you have any thoughts on the uh jersey expression i think um i always because i was living in florida at the time um this is just one thing i always point back to and it's not necessarily like the hinge but when you know after Trayvon was was murdered mm-hmm. um, and the Miami Heat players came out wearing you know hoodies yep. uh, during their pregame and during the during the national anthem mm-hmm. um, and they got so much backlash and I feel like you know especially LeBron and D Wade right. they they understood kind of like the anger and the power though that that um, I don't know ejected as it were that they understood how much political and social um, uh, power that they could uh, harness and use their particular station for, you know, that so now that D Wade is like advocating and has, you know, and charity and, and, mm-hmm. and, and activism for, um, his it's trans same. daughter, yeah. uh, and LeBron, you know, is setting up schools and funding documentaries, uh, same with, uh, Steph, uh, like I, yeah. I feel like, you know, that's just, that was one kind of like big milestone where the outrage, uh, against these players, just wearing hoodies on the court mm-hmm. for warmups and the anthem yep. inspired so much you know conversation let's call it but it wasn't conversation it was a bunch of yelling from a bunch of white people yeah uh, that you know we now how many years along are we is that this has become that we actually do now look to 
uh, LeBron and we look to players like D Wade and we look to these superstars mm -hmm. to say, you know, we need to like raise these voices. Uh, and so I'm, I am thrilled for them. Um, you know, like Malcolm said, donate, 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 March, 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 just let them know that everybody is pissed off. We are all pissed off. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. So, you know, we're going to keep, uh, watching how the NBA unfolds as, uh, we typically do here, but you know, we've got players reporting to camp. We're going to see if, uh, the positive rates go up, what happens with testing, what happens with player self-expression, so on and so forth. We'll always cover like that. random artifact pops up just to stir the pot. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that but, has been uh, there months ago. <laughs> but, uh, now moving on to the MLB <laughs> as they look to try to get a season nailed down. Uh, basically, they have come to a uh, they've come to an agreement of sorts on how the season's going to come back. But they have a couple of uh, rules instituted for the season that's going to uh, come back. And their leading proposal was a uh, 60 game regular season potentially to start on July 23rd or 24th. Uh, but some of the rules instituted during the shortened season will include teams will open their season with a 30-man active roster. It'll be reduced to 28 players after two weeks and then 26 after four weeks. The trade deadline will be August 31st. Be eligible for the postseason, a player must be added to the major league roster by September 15th. Teams will be permitted to carry up to three taxi squad players on the road during the season, though if a team carries three such players, one must be a catcher. During extra inning games in the regular season, each half inning will begin with a runner on second base. The batter who made the final out in the previous inning or a pinch exactly, or a pinch runner for that batter would have to be that runner. There will be a 10-day injured list for both pitchers and hitters, though the 60-day injured list will be reduced to a 45-day injured list. There will be a separate injured list for players who either test positive or have symptoms or confirmed exposure to COVID-19. There is no maximum or minimum days for this injury list. MLB's transaction freeze, which has been in place since the season was suspended, will end on Friday at 12 p.m. And I think that was last Friday. Uh, so that is over. In addition to COVID-19 testing, every other day, some health precautions are as follows. Team personnel and players are likely, not likely to participate for the game. For example, the t next day starting pitcher will be sitting in the stands or another area designated by the club at least six feet apart. Non-playing personnel will wear masks in the dugout and bullpen at all times. No spitting or chewing tobacco. Gum is permitted. No celebratory contact. <laughs> high fives, fists, bumps, hugs, etc. Players will be paid full prorated portion of their 2020 salary based on games played, which will equal approximately 37% for the full season. So with all of that, you know, info and stats out there, I want to start with you, Tiny. 
since your Nats are the World Series reigning champs. If baseball does come back, we have been seeing some COVID spikes at various teams' early training spots. Do you think that these rules will make the season more exciting? Do you think that the players will be okay with kind of some of these different rules? And just in general, do you think that we're going to have the major league season with this deal in place? Again, yes, I think that this season will happen. And it's really hard to judge just thinking about, like, as a fan, how the season's going to progress. Um, I'm going to watch it for sure. And I think a lot of people are going to watch it. So mm-hmm. at least uh, whoever has the TV contracts are going to be swinging in money because people are going to watch it. So let's let's take that as one way to look at it as a fan. Yes, I don't care how it's structured. I'm going to watch it. As a league, it's a little bit different to look at. Um, you know, it's going to be a 60-game season, and I got some news today where how it's going to be structured is you're going to play your division very many times, um, and that could create a strange dichotomy of who makes these playoffs that mm-hmm. the MLB is so enamored with. Like, they want the playoffs. And I don't blame them. I get that. So you're going to play your division a bunch of times, and then you're going to play interleague battles with people close by. So the opening game of the season, uh, as I read today, it could change, but it's going to be the Nationals hosting the Yankees. So the defending champs versus the predicted champs. Yeah. And that and that will garner a huge TV audience, which is Oh yeah. I think I think what the MLB is after. It'll be a World Series size audience. I think it'll be like a game be 7 live yeah. World Series like, size audience. I'm going to watch it. I think 100%. that I think most of the country uh, will. But, but you know, as just to answer your question in general, the MLB is trying to structure it as much as possible for everyone to be safe and and to like especially have a playoff and so they're essentially trying to doctor a season that was 162 games Mm -hmm. into 60 which is like you know like under a third like a little under a third of a normal season so that's wild so they're 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 doing their best and i'm gonna watch it you know um especially as an at fan, i'm gonna watch Mm -hmm. it and i think it uh jim if i don't even see him on the podcast right now Jim, uh, it favors the Braves, I think, because last year you guys started way hot out of the games, mm-hmm. and we and we historically the story of our season didn't even like have any chance after six of the games. So, well, tiny uh, starting we hot about, is like, the story of Atlanta's the fucking life. The MLB season. I'll throw it to well, Pat because I can at least see your face. I don't know where Jim is. Jim's not uh, here. I, I, here. I agree with you, Tiny. The, the, <laughs> he's hidden in Atlantic <laughs> obscurity. Um, doctoring, uh, you know, scheduling uh, in this way is really interesting and also, you know, in some ways corrupt, maybe. But uh, the Braves, I think uh, being up there in terms of the rankings to go in uh, is pretty good. You know, they their starting lineup remained pretty much intact. They brought in some pretty good prospects. Uh, Albis is still there. Acuna is still there. The pitching staff is still more or less in place. Um, it, like, it, it's just such a weird thing to try to, like, future out or, you know, like, figure out, like, what is this guy, this veteran going to do this season? 
and over and against this guy that they drafted a couple of weeks ago who mm-hmm. should have been in the middle of the college uh, baseball playoffs. Yeah. But now he just is kind of like working out, you know, mm-hmm. and looking at the pitching ninja and throwing 98 in bullpen practice. <laughs> so um, I agree with Tiny. Like, this is going to be a really wild baseball season, and I'm looking forward to watching it if they, you know, go through it. Like, everything right now has that caveat batches. No, definitely. Malcolm, how do you feel about the upcoming MLB season and if it's going to happen? Oh, I'm excited. I think it's going to happen. Um, less contact. Um, I I think they'll be able to work it out. I'm, I'm seeing something with, with the no fans once again. But, like, I think also I saw some Giants in the Giants arenas. They were putting up little cardboard cutouts. You can pay to put your face on a cardboard cutout and be in the arena. So no That's sex amazing. dolls like in Korea? <laughs> similar. Eerily similar. You know, it's San Francisco. You never know. But um, I'm, I'm really interested to see how the Dodgers face. And I'll keep my eye on the Diamondbacks just because that's the local team. But uh, I saw that the Dodgers were heavily favored. Um, them having a DH, you know, definitely favors them because they got too many outfielders. So um, that's kind of like what I'm leaning at. I'm still learning, you know, still picking and choosing my teams. But right now I got the Diamondbacks and Dodgers. Well, coming soon. And of course, always Pittsburgh Pirates. You know, I've always been Pirates. Definitely. Well, we'll keep our eyes open for the all the MLB action as it uh, unfolds. You know, we're coming down to that stretch. July is going to be a very interesting month, I think, in general, because we're going to get to see these experiments in sports going down. And, you know, if these kind of active live human experiments during a time of pandemic can work. So we'll see. But we'll keep you guys updated on all of those sports but right now. Uh, Jim, actually. Uh, is going to go a little bit more off topic before we get to tiny with the official off topic for tonight. But Jim, I believe you have some words about a big event unfolding in the state of Mississippi, Jim. Oh, uh, yeah. Tonight or well, yesterday and today, uh, the uh, state of Mississippi legislature voted in both houses to uh, condemn and remove the state flag, which uh, prominently featured uh, the Confederate flag up in its uh, top left corner. It was just a stain on the state. You drive into the Mississippi and head up into any uh, but that over the course of the week, uh, a number of student athletes in Mississippi, among them uh, 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 football players and coaches, uh, went to the state house and spoke out against the flag. Uh, these very visual demonstrations, at least within um, you know Mississippi uh, media, and so it took four days uh, to get this done, which is a pretty interesting thing to think about because mm-hmm. protest works. Um, yeah. And so uh, the flag came down about four hours ago. Uh, I watched it live um, on Twitter. Uh, but that I want to really shout out to the running back, uh, Kylan Hill at Mississippi State University, who said that he would not play football for Mississippi State so long as the Confederate flag was the state flag of Mississippi. Yeah. And it was only a matter of hours before coaches across various sports, across various universities in the state mobilized. And they walked on the state house and said that we need to change this damn thing. Um, one 
thing that really stood out to me, and I, you know, I'm, I'm going back to Trayvon, was that immediately after, uh, you know, Zimmerman murdered Trayvon, a noose was hung around, you know, there's a statue on the campus at the University of Mississippi to commemorate James Meredith, the, yeah. the man who integrated the campus in 1962. Mm-hmm. And they have a statue of this man, uh, but there was a noose hung around the neck of this statue. And, you know, three students were expelled for this. Like this, this is not, this is very recent events. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, intellectual violence. This is just not something that, that should be tolerated. And for Mississippi to, this is 126 years. This yep. damn state flag has been up here. Um, and so for a lot of people who follow Mississippi uh, history, follow Mississippi news, follow Mississippi sports, a lot of us are like, you know, fucking finally, what what would it take for you to do this? And um, it's protest. It's people like Kylan Hill saying, I'm not going to play in this state. And I agree. I, I totally agree with you, Jim. I think, you know, just from what I've seen, you know, in my lifetime, both of my grandparents went to Ole Miss in the late 50s and early 60s and were there uh, during the first year of integration of uh, desegregation at the college. And, you know, the stories I used to hear just used to really stick with me about kind of how divided the state was in general and, you know, how horrific it was for the treatment of uh, African-Americans in general in the state. And I mean, going to the state, you would just see it like you talked about, Jim, you know, you could just see it openly in the state. And I mean, you know, coming from South Carolina, we don't have much room to talk, but, uh, you know, taste it in the air. Yeah. Well, well, Mississippi's just a unique place because, you know, the state's one of the poorest states in the union, but there's still a level of like this. I'm better than you when everyone's broke together, but it's just crazy. (laughs) So anyways, I'm very happy to see the state flag go down. I think it's great. You know, Ole Miss had to battle to get the rebel flag off the football field. They had to battle, you know, students had to protest to get the football mascot changed from a colonel of the Confederacy, Colonel Reb, and changed. I was at the University of Mississippi when that happened, and it was um, it was just a, such a dumb but also vocal argument that happened. Uh, it was a backlash to it. Oh, oh yeah. a huge backlash. Uh, I mean, especially at Ole Miss. You yeah. Know, um, if you go and look at the demographics of that student population, you can you draw your own conclusions. There are people so, upset they can't play it. Dixie. There are people who don't know. Yeah, but it's it's crazy. But uh, Malcolm or Tiny, do you guys have any thoughts on the flag coming down? My only thought is they did the right thing. You know, I'm not that involved with uh, Mississippi politics, but I'm really glad that they did what they did. Tiny's from north um, of the Mason-Dixon line. And uh, <laughs> and in general, I uh, will make fun of Jim less now. <laughs> and we, this is progressive. This is you can hold on to that at least. But yes, I agree with the decision 100. percent uh, Malcolm, I'm take hoping, it away. I'm hoping that it's a sign of other progressive things to come. You know, there's a lot of things they could do to inject that community with finances. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, they could they could Definitely legalize certain things that could generate 
income to invest in education and healthcare. One hundred percent. University of Mississippi has an enormous marijuana farm on campus. It's all up to them. And Mississippi the State makes hands. cheese. You know, <laughs> I can leave it as that. You know, that's all I can say. But they're on that list, though. They're on that mm-hmm. list of being one of those people to kind of turn the corner and, and start doing progressive things. It's so. a very long fucking list. Yeah. 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 Well, we can only hope that they can continue to progress. And I mean, that state's been through a lot in general, especially in the black populace. Um, hopefully they can have some turnaround in the state and hopefully we can see some prosperity, particularly for the black community of that state. But now, um, just to preface Tiny's off topic, uh, today is a very special day and it's a day a lot of our listeners out there will know. And uh, some people may just be listening in for this special segment. So uh, without any further ado, Tiny, take it away. Yeah, so today is a 100% a special day. It's a terrible Scott Frank's birthday. Um, he passed way too soon in February and it hurt us all a lot. But one thing he loved uh, was comedy. And so in his honor, I'm going to try to impersonate him impersonating a... Boston fan talking about the Patriots <laughs> and their recent and, news and uh, yes yeah, some recent stuff but like my angle on this bit and I think he would have loved it and uh, I wish he can hear it from wherever he is is talking about the similarities of some of the Patriots greats names so this is a <laughs> obscure skit and I came up with it today slash yesterday slash whenever and I think he would have loved it so oh, yeah. let's just get, get into it alright so this is me impersonating Scott impersonating a Patriots fan talking about the names of his favorite players so here we go so it goes because uh, it goes a little bit like this. It's like uh, I'm trying to get up to the Boston area and uh, talking like Scott would impersonate someone. So, you know, we got Gronkowski, we got Goskowski, <laughs> we got Teddy Bruski. We have this guy named Adam Vinatieri. They all name an I, so that's cool. But uh, we also got this guy that names in a sound that sounds like I, and it's Tom Brady. <laughs> and yeah. We also got this guy named Vince Wilfork who loved to eat. So it's kind of crazy that his last name is Fork and he loves to eat. We also have this guy named LeGarrette Blunt who likes to smoke. So how does his name sound like smoke? His name's Blunt for real. And then, you know, our coach is named Belichick. And, uh, you know, he's checking on everyone. So that's a funny name, too. And then uh, this this one year, this one year, we had this guy. Um, and it doesn't really, like, check, like, our other things. But his name was Randy Moss. And he, re- he, he, like, ran really fast and he catched a lot of touchdowns. And I liked him. But, like, this doesn't go with this joke. I'm just saying, like... He was really good. I liked him. I really liked him. <laughs> and then, uh, so today, so today I hear we got this guy named Cam Newton out of nowhere. And I heard he's an MVP. Um, but now he's on our team. So, uh, you know, we'll see how that goes. Um, I've always loved the teams on our name. We also had this guy named uh, Danny Amendola. Like, <laughs> is he still there? Like, what are you doing? Like, Amendola? Like, what are you doing? Um, so, I'm, I, I'm, you know, in, this, in these times, um, we're going to see what happens. Uh, one of my favorites of all time is Wes Welka. Wes Welka. I, I, I just want to hang out with the guy at this point. Sweat and, a uh, Hey, so, Scott. Uh, hey, Scott. Yeah. Did you know yeah, that? Yeah, what's up? So, uh, so touchdown Tom Brady 
his yeah. uh, his last name ends with a Y, not an I. Mm-hmm. So, right, but the Y becomes an I when I say uh, it. Uh, the Y can be a vowel. Oh. The Y becomes an I in New England. Sometimes you've clearly I. never been to in England, uh, old Miss guy. All right, uh, clearly well, never. So never can I did you, ma- did you mention Julian Edelman? We can mention That's Julian wicked Edelman if you want. Disrespectful. So, so here's my thing about Julian Edelman. I live next door to his synagogue. Right. So, like, <laughs> I don't love Julian Edelman, but I respect him. But uh, Scott once told me that uh, I picked Julian Edelman in fantasy and uh, it went south. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... So that's why I didn't mention him in this bit, but uh, happy birthday, Scott, of course. Happy birthday, happy birthday um, Scott. Happy and fucking I, birthday, Scott. I bro. hope uh, he heard this skit, which I did way worse than he would have done, but <laughs> I really enjoyed bringing uh, that to light. And uh, No, I think you ha- willed, I think you willed this next segment into existence. <laughs> no, he definitely did. we have to talk did. about what happened an hour ago. Yeah. Right. So, next the, segment. Uh, Cam, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cam Newton is on the Patriots now. Yeah. Yes. Malcolm, thoughts. <laughs> I, mean, I know he would be elated to just either interact with what Jeff, me, or Tez, if possible, be like. And these are all Panthers fans. He just named right. Jeff, Malcolm, yeah, and Montez. Because they know, well, he knows that that's such a talented individual. And now you're putting him in one of the most efficient NFL systems we've ever seen. Uh-huh. Um, oh, he won't be subjected to any punishment or ignorance. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's above the Mason Dixon line. No jokes here. Yeah. We don't tell and jokes. I, the only thing he has it's to just cool going out to the MAGA land. He might just wear navy blue suit. Well if you like Obama style. Like nothing crazy. Well I mean business. It's about business. You can't They're my favorites in the AFC East now for sure. You can't bring up the suits and say Obama's suits and not act like the Republicans didn't flip out when he wore a tan suit. You know Could you imagine what they would do if he wore If Cam rocks tan a tan suit I don't know what Boston will do. Boston's a very dicey area. I don't think <laughs> he went to street, He didn't go to a place of non-blissful ignorance. Guys, guys hold on. But did you true. did you see this what Tom so Brady wore at the podium? He wore fucking Uggs. Yeah. And like a Russian <laughs> Like well, he on. did. He did. But that's Tom Brady. <laughs> that's Brady. Know the difference between Tom Brady and Cam Newton. No. Fuck Tom Brady. <laughs> I think that with Cam Newton, <laughs> the Patriots can definitely win the AFC East at least. But I don't think that they'll win a Super Bowl. Literally, what they do. Yeah, I, I just think that the they've re- I think they've reinstalled themselves as the favorite in the East. That division's oh, yeah. weakened anyways because who's the Dolphins aren't. We don't know. We don't know what two is yeah. gonna do we don't the know Jets are rebuilding and they're gonna win it all yeah, yeah the, and the only team that's okay is the bills and the bills suck they couldn't throw the <laughs> ball against the texans so you know the team in the afc is baltimore that they oh and kansas city truly but that oh, yeah one of those teams have to cancel out each other but, so, but all i know is I, you know scott's just looking down on us and he's just <laughs> laughing at jim and myself <laughs> 
for being for being I Atlanta really Falcons fans, and he yeah, would bring him, up. I want to give him joy. He would bring Scott, it up. Well, Scott, yeah. I'm laughing with you, brother. And we're all laughing with Scott. We truly miss him. He's uh, he was a dear friend to all of us. Uh, I was happy to be sprayed by his grave water on the day of his funeral <laughs> as a last like flower squirting the water out onto you. Uh, you know, we I did comedy with him <laughs> for uh, the better part of seven years. Um, yeah. So I was very sad to see him go. I think we all were, but it is his birthday and we've all been remembering him. And I think uh, he would be upset. Tom Brady's gone and he'd have a lot of words for us. He'd have some good comedy skits about COVID. He'd have a good comedy yeah. skit about uh, the NFL and, uh, you know, you'd have a lot of good things, but I we'll just tr- want to know his opinion on Cam being the quarterback. Well, like, when they win, think, the, when they win the Super Bowl, like when they win yeah. the Super Bowl, <laughs> we'll see Scott ascend from heaven yeah. down to the football field yeah. and just yeah. laugh and at us all. Any big man. And, love it. and also Brady and Gronk going from Patriots to Pirates. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Straight up. <laughs> like, yeah, I, right. I really would love him to have seen him watch them on screen yeah like no get like, to get that re- ears now what yeah right to get that yeah. reaction would be great but no i think if yeah. the i think that this was a scott move and when the patriots win scott's gonna uh descend from heaven and just look down at us all at cuddies and say i told you fuckers i told you, you fuckers to a patriots Tampa Bay Super Bowl. We're not getting Malcolm. Don't you put that juju on us. Jim and I are fragile Falcons fans and we don't have much left in the tank. That would be the worst fucking TV show ever. Ever. It would be trash city. But anyways, uh, but we'll be back next week uh, and talk. We'll be talking more about the uh, early opening up and training camps for the MLB and the NBA. Uh, The NFL canceled their Hall of Fame game, which uh, was scheduled for early August. So we will keep you guys updated for when the NFL is going to start back training. Um, You know, they had a couple of spikes of cases in various camps, so they put all of that on halt. And we'll also uh, report in on what's going on in the college football world as we keep our eyes on own colleges if they're going to get uh, young teenagers to risk their lives to play football. So we'll keep all of our eyes on that. But as always, for free, free, exactly, Jim. Thank you. Uh, But as always, for the sports, the show, I'm DJ Pat Nassi, and I'm here with Tiny and Dr. Jim. And we also have with us, as always, Malcolm Marzette. And we'll catch you guys next week on the Sports The Show.
人間は思い出というものが苦手なのさだから何かしら拡大する痛みは懐かしさに変えて過去を乗り
話はすべて普通となっています。7番街の電話はすべて普通となっています。
大切なものがあるそれを奪うよ